0: Hey everybody it's Andy Little here from the EM over easy podcast bringing you a special session Drew and I had the opportunity to record at the Adena Thought Leader Summit actually just this last week where we had a chance to sit down with one of the major players in podcasting Rob Warman, and chat with him a little bit about why he got into podcasting and of course who's his favorite superhero so sit back and enjoy while we chat with Rob here on EM over easy.
1: Filmed in front of a live studio audience. Yeah.
0: Are you okay with that live mention?
1: No, that's a fine
2: live mention. So Rob Orman, you are one of the voices and powers that be in social media, medical education, and podcasting. We're so excited to be recording with you in front of a live audience at the Adina Thought Leaders Summit and really appreciate the invite to be here, but want to get a sense from you when you were choosing your platform and choosing to become one of the guys... And gals of social media uh, and medical education. Why did you choose podcasting?
1: So, I, I don't know that I chose podcasting. It was, I got into it early on about 15 years ago with my brother. And we were doing a podcast that was totally unrelated to medicine. And we just did it as brothers, this project. And eventually I thought, oh, you know, I could probably do this for medicine. And so I checked, and there was one other guy doing a medical podcast who'd been doing it for a couple months. It was, It turned out it was Scott, and I listened, and I was like, geez, I could do that. (laughs) And and then I just started doing it, and really the whole idea was I wanted to – build a bridge between what we do and consultants. It was the original idea was curbside consults because we're doing this. And I know all these people, I can just take my iPhone into their office and I can record them and I can put that in the podcast. And so I didn't really think about, wow, is this really, is this really the media that I want to engage with? It's just, it's just how it happened. So I wouldn't say, you know, like pretentiously podcasting chose me. It was just what I did and the natural evolution
2: well, I think that's the same for us when we were looking at email over easy is it's an easy way to get out there without a lot of expense and a lot of hassle initially. And then all of a sudden you realize as you're starting to do it, there is a lot of expense and there is a lot of hassle uh, to make a good product that people actually want to listen to. So how did you go from a phone in a room with some consultants to see where you are now, HIPPOEM and URCast? Uh,
1: it was a gradual accumulation of equipment and studio quality. I for years I actually interviewed on my phone. I would just I would take it, I would flip it upside down, I'd hold it off to the side of their face so that there wouldn't be these plosives into the phone. And then they would like turn their head around towards the thing. And eventually I got a handheld mic and just nicer and nicer microphones at home as I heard people speak on their podcast, oh wow, that sounds really good. I wonder what kind of mic they have. And just building upon that. So it was just as I got more into it, you know, it's like you get into anything, any hobby, which is what it was for a long time. It's like, oh, I I want a little nicer equipment.
0: So how did you translate it from a hobby to what now you could argue is a big part of your professional life?
1: Very early on, I connected with Mel Herbert who runs MRAP and I sent him some stuff and then I started working with him and eventually ran that for several years. You know, that kind of had its lifespan and now I'm I'm doing ER cast professionally. So that was really the first jump into it was, was working with that show and also, you know, kind of getting with essentials of emergency medicine and going from very quickly from my guest room to like this huge stage. And it, 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 was, a, it was like a flash. I think a lot of it actually had to do with timing. That at that time, it was MCRID and ER cast in FOMED. There was no FOMED. And so it was, uh, it was, I didn't have to really distinguish my voice. I'd like to say, yes, is because of amazing talent. I didn't really have to distinguish my voice. It was just, Hey, there's this opportunity and uh, there's like not too many people in the wasteland. Great success. You do
2: have a very distinguishing voice. We were driving a couple of these voices home last night to their hotel. And I will tell you, it was surreal driving, hearing you, hearing Swami, hearing Scott, hearing Mies in the back of the car, as opposed to surround sound, like I'm used to listening to on a podcast, actually having you there live. It was, it was pretty impressive. So that's a great introduction to how you developed into podcasting. But now what do you think podcasting and this uh, platform means for medical education, going forward? And what has it done to change the way we are learning and educating?
1: You know, echoing what Scott and Misaho and what, what a lot of it has been said here, Mike, Mike said that I think that there's actually an overemphasis on the importance of podcasts. I, you know, Scott was talking about fertilizer. I think of your education like a sword. You know, you're, you're building that sword in your training and you're, you're crafting it. Podcasts sharpen that sword. And then, you know, when you're an attending and, you know, you're several years in your career, you're doing a lot of short sharpening, sharpening because you already have that foundational knowledge. You should still be building on it. So I get asked what if I go do grand rounds by a lot of the attendings, they say, hey, our residents are saying, oh, we learned this on a podcast. We're like these effing podcasts are ruining our lives. You know, it's like, that's not true. And it really can be a dangerous trap because for one, you are really reliant on the podcaster. And are they doing, are they being, you know, peer reviewed? Are they doing their due diligence to learn this stuff? Because some things people say and write are frankly wrong and potentially dangerous. So that has to be filtered and you have to discriminate there. So I think that foundational knowledge is underappreciated and under-emphasized today because podcasts are so easy. Right. Like, you know, I'll spend days and days making a show that is going to be entertaining and listenable and it's going to have high yield facts in it. And, you know, Scott said it's pre digested and it's meant to be really entertaining and you should have a good time listening to it. But that's not that's not how you build your sword. Right. That's that's how you stay sharp.
0: Yeah, my favorite analogy is not a sword, which odd coming from the guy who doesn't drink, but is beer that when you pour it when you pour a beer, I pour it a lot when I was a kid. When you pour a beer, the top is this little little bit of foam, right? And so that's where podcasting falls, is that the the beer is reading and uh, going to conference and listening to lectures on people giving stuff.
2: To, to play devil's advocate a little bit, because I think some of the podcasting personalities here are downplaying the importance of this. I, I agree completely that you have to have a foundation in good clinical medicine, but this also allows the dissemination of so much information in a way that previously was not disseminated. You couldn't hear a ground round talk across the country, even though it was on an amazing topic. And now we're hearing lectures from essentials and hearing lectures that are given at grand rounds or just hearing specialists, excellent contact information that all you have to do is click a button on your phone. It's not the end all be all, but it's information disseminated in a manner that 10 years ago you couldn't get.
1: Yeah. The knowledge translation window is super small, is super small now. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot to that. And that's great. That's great. But I think it's also not so great because the echo chamber is so, I mean, it's it's so loud. It's like, oh, this article comes out. Oh, that's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, hey, you haven't actually done that clinically. Have you really had the time to digest that? So it's important that we get the knowledge out there. But I think sometimes people are too excited to just jump on this hot new, you know, that's a sexy thing, even though that's kind of an overused word and, you know, a bit of a but uh, <laughs> we can edit that out. No, don't edit. That's a sound effect. You can You can put that on loop. <laughs> it's an intro and exit. <laughs> um. So, but the but the other thing is that personally, as as a podcaster, you know, if I if I give a a talk, you know, you know, for a grand rounds, maybe like a hundred, two hundred people. For like a big lecture, you know, maybe like a couple thousand people. But if and and that takes months to prepare that. And so essentially it's a live performance. But for a podcast, you get tens of thousands of people for a couple days and then you're on to the next thing. So, you know, the return on investment for giving that knowledge is, you know, way better for the deliverer.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Only have about a minute left (laughs) before we get drug off the stage. I know you wanted to talk about this. We're not going to miss out, which is superheroes. It's been a little while since we talked about superheroes. We did a little run for a while describing what our personal superhero was and what the superhero of our guest was. Quick reminder, I'm uh, Splinter from Teenage Mutant Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow, that was rough. And, and the reason for that is it's not about me. It's about the people I'm teaching to make them better. Andy, on the other hand. I'm all about me. Sorry, it's Thor. It's Thor. And Thunder. if you know Andy, he is a hammer. So, Rob, if you were a superhero and you could choose one that embodied you,
1: who would it be? Well, that embodied, Oh, man. That, well, my, my favorite superhero growing up was Daredevil. And, uh, but on <laughs> the man without fear. Sure. But he wasn't, really, yeah, he was a complex character. But I actually, wherever I work, and I've worked at many different hospitals, the first thing I do is I print out a sign of, above my locker. This just sounds so pretentious. And it says, <laughs> it says, Orman Juan Kenobi. Orman
2: Juan Kenobi. <laughs> I like that. There it is. Well, with that, thank you so much for listening to this special edition Emo over Easy episode. Rob, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. It's been a delight. Thank you, guys.
0: There you have it, folks. Our sit down with Rob Orman talking about why he got into podcasting and his favorite superhero, Obi Wan Kenobi. So don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and subscribe to our blog, emovereasy.com. Until next time, guys, thanks so much for listening.